Hello and welcome to Weekly Weird News, brought to you by Come to the Ball in the Post of the Apocalypse. I'm Ben, and as always, I'm hanging out with Mike, Hello. Claire, hey. and Pete. Yo! And this is Weekly Weird News, a show where we bring you some weird shit we found on the net this week. Might even have an happy ending at some point, and I don't mean a wank. Damn, I was already <laughs> halfway through then. <laughs> For 15 years, Sweden thought enemy submarines were invading its territory. It turned out to be herring farts. I've heard this. That's fucking amazing. That is the <laughs> best headline I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> I didn't even know herrings did fart. It's perfectly feasible that in the 1980s a major diplomatic incident in nuclear superpowers could have been triggered by fish farts. In fact, Russia and Sweden nearly came to blows over this very thing. They just didn't know it at the time. Before we move on to the farts, some background. In 1981, a Soviet submarine ran aground on the south coast of Sweden, just 10 kilometres or 6.2 miles from a Swedish naval base. The Soviets claimed that they were forced into Swedish territory by severe distress and later navigation errors, which is crazy. If we look at the recent Ukraine fiasco, the Russians couldn't find their way around anything, never mind the sea. Hmm. They couldn't find their way out of Russia. <laughs> <laughs> Only just. Uh. So Sweden saw it as proof the Soviet Union was infiltrating Swedish waters. And it didn't help that when Swedish officials secretly measured for radioactive materials using gamma-ray spectroscopy, they detected what they were 90% sure was uranium-23, which is used for cladding in nuclear weapons inside the sub, indicating that it may be nuclear-armed. The submarine was returned to international waters, but the Swedish government remained alert convinced that Russian subs could still be operating in their territory, which is why they started to pick up elusive underwater signals and sounds, and in 1982 several of the Sweden subs, boats and helicopters pursued one of these underwater sources for a whole month, <laughs> only to come up empty-handed. They continued for over a decade. Every time they picked up an acoustic signal, they would search and find nothing but a few bubbles on the sea's surface. <laughs> Sweden was of course worried about the intrusions and couldn't think why. With the Cold War now over, why would Russia continue to provoke them in this manner? Now in 1996, Magnus Vorberg, a professor at the University of Southern Denmark, became involved in the investigation of the strange signals and he said, We were brought into this very secret room under the naval base of Bergen in Stockholm. He explained that we were sitting there with all these officers and they were actually playing these sounds for us. It was the first time any civilian had heard the sound. Highly classified in Sweden. You can imagine it just sound like a ping you hear in films when a submarine is detected or even the noise of a propeller. You just sound like someone frying bacon, like small air bubbles released underwater, said Warburg. Turns out the herring have a swim bladder, and this swim bladder is connected to the anal duct of the fish, Warburg said. So it's a very unique connection, only found in herring. So a herring can squeeze its swim bladder and that way he can blurt out a small number of bubbles with the anal opening. So in layman's terms, they let one rip. <laughs> they swim in gigantic schools that can reach several square kilometres and up to 20 metres or 65 feet deep. So when something frightens them, say a hungry school of mackerel, or a submarine on the lookout for Russian spies, they can generate a lot of gas. Wow. Hmm... Amazing. There you go. Herring is where the uh, term of red herring has come from. Ooh, interesting. Mm. I would like to say, maybe. 
Maybe, I like it. What, do they fart more? What, red ones? Yeah. <laughs> well, no, it's just like, a red herring is like a wild goose chase, essentially, yeah. isn't it? And they were going on a wild goose chase, yeah. and it turned out to be herrings. Not the hunt for Red October, <laughs> but the hunt for the red herring. HMS Red Herring. What a name for a submarine. It's kind of a good name for a submarine. It is, isn't it? It fits perfectly. HMS Red Herring. It's like really methane gas to propel itself. Well, yeah. actually, actually, it's methanol what they excrete. Mm. So there is some methane in it. coolness to it, yeah. But yeah, it's methanol because it's the mixture of the carbon and the hydrogen from... When they separate the water into oxygen and hydrogen. And hydrogen. So, so, hear me out. They release the hydrogen with the carbon dioxide from the air. Right. And obviously, if they release them both out separately, it'd be bubbly. So, they combine them to make methanol, and it's a liquid. Interesting. So hear me out. Go on. Co-powered submarines. <laughs> Couple of cows on board, shitting, locked in a room... Methane's extracted. Where are you going to feed that? With hay. Yeah. I think it'll take a lot of cows. All right, well, we'll work on it. Put it on the drawing board. We'll put a pin in it. We'll come back to it. Okie doke. Okay. <laughs> this is for my sustainable Navy fleet I'm creating. <laughs> yes, that's it. <laughs> Robots under investigation after alleged incident involving a child while making a delivery in Milton Keynes. Oh, what? It begins. Robots are at it as well. It begins. No, no, not the paedophilia. Just a robot assault. People in Milton Keynes have rushed to defend the delivery robots after one allegedly bumped into a small child. Dum 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 dum. Either way, that was a very bad version of that cut out. The behind the robot, Starship Technologies is taking the alleged incident seriously and has launched an investigation. A parent reported on a Nextdoor app that a toddler's son had received a knock from a robot while they were out shopping last week. She wrote, So today my two-year-old son was hit and pushed by one of these delivery robots in the Brunei Shopping Centre in Bletchley. The robot never stopped and continued his journey. Oh, is he hit and run? Look at that already. Brunel. Brunel Shopping Centre. She said, my son didn't get any injury, but he was scared and stressed after this. Well, he's done mad up a bit, doesn't he? Slap him and take his The fact they made a fucking news, news article over it. Jesus, get over no, it. No, this is the beginning, Pete. If they're bumping, the minute they're bumping toddlers, it's going to revolve them. It's just a little delivery row with bumping that, toddlers. Maybe Next that thing toddler you... was um, fucking, what's his name? John Connor. John, John, John Connor. Connor. That toddler was the equivalent John Connor. No, no, because mum always told me I'd be good at something and that's something is saving humanity even the robots. Okay. So yeah. you're the John Connor. Me, it's me. Explains why I don't work with robots. Saying that, you, you do drive a forklift. Why did the kid just Tell me a robot. It? I don't know. It's why got extendable arms. Yeah, true. AI, I don't trust I don't trust AI, that's what it boils. Yeah, goes, your kids would have like just piled onto it and all been riding it. Yeah, I wonder where we're going. 
I genuinely don't trust it. I don't trust AI. Well, it's coming, so get used to it. I know, but <laughs> the mum complained to Starship and was offered a five pound discount. Oh. Five quid? Which she refused. What I wanted was for them to check the situation and never repeat it again because there are vulnerable people out there. The Starship robots launched in Milton Keynes in 2018 have boomed in popularity ever since, delivering to more and more areas of the borough. They have a partnership with a co-op and Starbucks plus a host of other independent takeaway stores. They are now an established part of the community with many people greeting them as they trundle past. The pioneering delivery bots can also speak to people using a few simple phrases, but one of their latest achievements is learning to sing. That's so they clearly cool. don't say, get out of my way, you little shit. Mm. Mm. Maybe they Why should have that. Why do you dickhead robot. <laughs> they must have all have little names. Have you got a picture of the robot? Yeah, come down. That was, it wasn't very big. It's was like six okay. wheels. I was expecting it to look a bit more like the robot from Flight of the Navigator. Not like a flying spaceship. No, no. this is a Tupperware box you know, on wheels. You know when he's yeah. in the future and he and he's in that bloody place and and they've give, given him all these like cool gadgets and that and this oh, robot comes in with his food. Yeah. Okay, no, I don't think I've watched that film since about nineteen eighty nine. That's got to be as big as one of them ones that you can slip underneath is it, is your it, underneath your bed because it's gonna get you know. The, Delivering it, it, takeaway food. It's a stuff. slow cooker on wheels. It's a Tupperware box. It's nice. It's Tupperware box Either on way, wheels. It's cool as fuck. Yeah. It is cool. I like that. But. I don't like that it's, you know, hit the kid, but. It begins. Yeah. This is the start of the robotic uprising. The delivery robots are getting pissed off. Yeah. Who will be, you know, who hasn't, by this? Who hasn't here yeah, a toddler with a shopping trolley? I don't know if I've stowed their heads in with shovels. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> oh god, I remember Jimmy Savile make, making all these jokes. <laughs> Turned out they weren't jokes, you know. Come on, Mike. Hide in a ball pit. <laughs> What's your real secrets? Actually, no, don't want to know. Hide in a ball pit with a collapse for a shovel. So Stove in toddler's ends here. Proper little army shovel, like. <laughs> yeah, a little collapsible one. The serrated edge. Oh, shit. That's where he always is on a Saturday between 12 and 4. The play barn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Moving swiftly on. Where's the bloody shovel, Mike? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's my one. So, FBI found horrific Frankenstein-like experiments at body donation facility in Arizona, Whoa. USA. FBI stumbled upon a house of horrors after raiding a body donation company. A company? They've got companies for this. That oh, yeah, yeah. Containing a refrigerator with penises, buckets of limbs, pools of blood, and a human head sewn onto another body. Oh. Jesus. The biological, yeah, the biological Resource Centre in Phoenix, a for-profit business that assists people with donating their bodies to science, was raided by the FBI in 2014. I think I remember hearing about this, yeah. Yeah, yeah me too. New court documents of a civil lawsuit against BRC have now revealed more gruelling details. Oh, we've got an update. Of the investigation. Uh, oh, it's a follow-on. Mm-hmm. Love it. Oh. Love a follow-on. So, Stephen Gore. <laughs> yeah, that's the best of it. Yeah. Guy's called Stephen Gore. He runs a biological resource centre. Yeah. He's called Gore. Oh, pleaded guilty to one count 
of illegal control of an enterprise in 2015 and, re and received a sentence of four years probation. That doesn't seem enough, does it? However... It's not like he killed him. I know, yeah. They just donated to him. Fucking alone dead bodies, though, isn't it? It's... Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's weird. I, I, I'm not... a fridge full of cocks. <laughs> yeah. yeah your fridge is full of cocks, so what's the difference? Oh, Dharma, calm down. <laughs> you just jealous you had more cocks than you yeah. did. <laughs> I am. <laughs> you just take one out and suck on it like an ice lolly oh, down again. Oh, dear. Some Dharma used to do. Who's Dharma? Jeffrey Dharma. Who's Jeffrey Dharma? You know who Jeffrey Dahmer is? Nope. Serial killer? Cannibalistic serial killer of, in the 1980s in America. Mm. Oh, that's an episode coming soon, probably a Christmas episode, that one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, I'll this year's Christmas episode. Stephen Nywer faces civil lawsuits. At least 33... Plaintiffs. Plaintiffs are suing the body-broken business, alleging that the remains of their family members were obtained through false statements and their bodies were not stored, treated or disposed of appropriately. Oh, yes. yeah, fair gotta, enough. You're sewing them that. together and cutting off their cocks and putting them in an ice bucket, yeah. wonder what they were actually doing. Oh, yeah, one of the most shocking scenes he witnessed was a small woman's head sewn onto a large male body. <laughs> oh, Jesus, then hung up on the wall. Various unsettling scenes. Oof. There's got to have been some, some sexy oh, nasty look, look, going look on the there as well. there. So a uh, whole body with no shoulders or head is $2,900. Wow. Torso with a head is 2004 A whole spine, 950 That's cheap for a spine, isn't it? <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, you know, it's got all the nerve endings. No, I think it could just be the spinal column. Column, do you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you take out the oh, nerve cool. endings, that's a lot of work. It's just the spinal column. You got all that juicy spinal fluid. You have, yeah. <laughs> you have, genuinely, yeah. You have, you got all that spinal fluid. A whole leg, 1,100, a whole foot, 450. That's all right, isn't it? A knee, 375 and a pelvis, 400. So if you need dollars. a spare 450 guys, you chop a foot off, you know you'll get, what, 500 bucks? Sweet. There's got to be other companies <laughs> out there that specialise in this now, because, you know, we're one closes, another one popping up, innit? Of course. It's an evolving market, I guess. And if you cut it off fresh, it might even be worth more. The thing is, you do that, you get some money back on the funeral, can't you? As you will donate his uh, head and torso to science for $2,900. Do just burn his legs. <laughs> his penis is going in my fridge. His penis is in the fridge. Oh, they all, they all get sent off to different training programs and whatnot. Mm. It isn't it? It's, it's, yeah. it's the training surgeons, basically, isn't it? That's what it's mm. meant to be for, anyway. It's what it's meant to be for. Until the the guy who's doing the dissections thinks he's a surgeon himself, and starts going, "Hmm, I'm going to sew this chick's head onto a man's body." So how much shit did they find, and what, what did they ever excuse it? Like, did they ever have an excuse for it? Ten tons of human remains. Oof, Jesus. Two hundred and eighty-one heads. Oof. Two hundred and forty-one shoulders. Wow. Does that mean that they they had some headless victims uh, donated? Do you think? I think it's just the it's just the, the shoulder joints themselves. Is it? Only ninety-seven yeah, spines. Shoulders, knees, and toes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fucked up. Yeah, fucked up. 
Moving on. I can't help but read Virginia as vagina. Now oh, it isn't happy news. I'm going to read the happy news one this week. Mine's quite happy news. Virginia skydiver survives 13,500 feet fall after some hitting the ground at 125 miles an hour. What? The 35-year-old thrill-seeker became entangled in her first parachute and then her backup failed to release, properly leading to a near-death experience. Wow. Fell from the height of Everest. Shit. Worst nightmare, that is. Yeah. Not paralysed either. She went on to detail the 14th of November jump as a 16th solo jump as an accelerated freefall student or an AFF student, making her just shy of receiving an A licence, which provides proof that a new skydiver has completed their training and is now clear to jump without supervision. Jordan Hatmaker, her name is, 35-year-old from Virginia Beach, Virginia, our uh, quota, I had a high-speed malfunction called a horseshoe, where the bridle wrapped around my leg. The mane didn't come out, and my leg stayed suspended up in the air. That sounds terrifying. It does. I'd love to do parachuting. Nope, fuck that. But at the same time, fuck that. <laughs> fuck that. <laughs> fuck it all. If I was meant to fly, I'd have wings. Nah, it looks intense. I'd love to do it. you got to think, how many of these accidents happen? Not many. Over the amount that, you know... So what did she end up with? What, what injuries did she sustain? Basically, during the jump, her legs became ensnared in the ropes of her primary parachute. She set to releasing a reserve, which unfortunately got sent out in the opposite direction of the first one, leading to what those in the diving community refer to as a downplane. She said, I regained a bit of control and was able to semi-steer myself. And about 300 feet, my main deployed two, sending me into an accelerated down plane spiral, she explained. Shit, you'd shit it, wouldn't you? you got to think this is the end. It took all of 20 seconds and the moment Miss Hatmaker released a cord to when she hit the ground, where she remained fully conscious before being airlifted to Centara Norfolk General Hospital in Virginia. She spent a total of 25 days in hospital, five of which were spent in ICU recovering from a shattered ankle, broken shin bone, a broken back and a spinal injury. I read somewhere this week that it's weird I was looking at skydiving stuff where a guy wanted to put out a show for the ladies that were watching as he came down and as he landed he wanted to do like a flip and spin round as a point. Like, hey! And that happened. He did that. He landed. And as he jumped, a bit of a gust of wind caught his shoe. It lifted his thigh up like that. And he caught himself right under the jaw and his shin bone went through the bottom of his face <gasps> and out through the side of his cheekbone. And he was stuck like that until <laughs> the ambulance crew arrived. Oh, if he had gone straight up, if he had his knee or something, hadn't slipped off his shin. And his shin bone had gone straight up, it would have killed him, straight through his head, straight through his brain. It went, actually went up through under his jawbone and went at the side of his cheek. Lucky was, bastard in a way. And he was stuck like that, with his knee up to his chin. 
That's yeah, making me feel funny. That is like just the thought of that one. So, oh, that it's making my cheek feel funny. Yeah, well, it's making my shin and my <laughs> face feel funny. Hmm. Nice. Yeah. One for the ladies. But still, she survived. Thirty thousand feet. I don't know the tell whether they had to collect a dead body of a plane that had gone down. There was nothing left of this dude apart from his suit and a couple of bones. His, he was just splattered. Oof. So that because they had to make up the weight, they just dug around him and put the soil in a bin bag and made up the weight with soil and what they could gather of him. Oh. Yes, that's why I get good stuff for anthology the Stranger Weird News. <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. My granddad's dog's name caused panic at the railway. I'll never live it down. Right. The 21-year-old man has explained how his granddad named his dog Isis after the Egyptian no. goddess and doesn't plan on changing it despite the word having... New meaning. Yeah. Anyone in this room watched the TV show Archer, the animated show about the, the spies? No. Oh, it's fucking amazing. But their intelligence agencies was Isis... <laughs> So the guy who's created he's changed a name now. When I just became a thing, he changed the name so that they there were still the same bunch of characters but in different situations. But his dad insisted on wearing one of the old merch caps things to sell with ISIS written on it. So he's going to veterans his dad's a World War Two vet, going to veterans halls wearing an ISIS cap <laughs> And he's like, Dad, you can't wear the hat And he's like, I'm proud of you, son, I'm proud of you know what you've done here, you made your money, I'm proud of you. He's like, Dad, but you can't wear the hat. It's got ISIS written on it. You can't go to a veteran's hall with ISIS written on your cap. Mm. <laughs> uh. One 21-year-old man has explained how his granddad's unorthodox dog name turned heads at a train station, but not in the way you'd want. The man, who wishes to remain anonymous, said, I spent the day at the beach with my grandparents and their dog. It was a lovely day out until it came to travelling back home. So we're standing on a train station platform and my granddad's dogs got loose. The dog started running up and down the platform, leaving him to chase after his <laughs> Isis! <laughs> Isis! Oh, Jesus Christ! As he's running. As he's running down the platform. Isis! <laughs> oh. It's the dog, it's the dog! To make matters worse, the dog's a tiny chihuahua so most people waiting probably didn't even see her run past before my granddad started chasing Oh, Jesus. Explaining how his granddad named the dog Isis after the Egyptian goddess of the moon rather than the sunny jihadist group with a violent ideology, the man recalled how people quickly turned their heads after hearing his granddad's call. <laughs> I'm going after them. It's a dog. It's a dog, I swear. It's a dog. He's just caught in the dog. Wow, look at... <laughs> he's an ISIS! ISIS! We're doing training! He's a dog! Dog's totally ignoring! Oh man! That's embarrassing. That's why you don't get a chihuahua. <laughs> get a dog that people can see. That's <laughs> also <laughs> my philosophy. They are cute, aren't they? They're no, they're not. They're horrible little bastards. I don't like are you saying that? My son and dad have got a half chihuahua cross and she's lovely. I saw yeah. Jack Chow. And he was ace, little Jack Jack Russell Chihuahua. Oh he was God. wicked. One he little Timmy. Yeah, you Timmy. remember Timmy? He was brilliant. He, he used to go into remote control car mode. He, he used to say to him, "Go on, do your remote control car," and he'd run around the garden like stupid fast. 
and it, it just like a little fast remote control car. Yeah. The way he'd zip about like he was hilarious. He ran full on into a bloody big concrete bird bath the once as well. Yeah. I know. He shook it off though and just like carried on. <laughs> Fucking nuts. Uh, that was the happy story this week. <laughs> this one is kind of happy. Sort of. So, dead bodies being used to create new local... New local? New coral reefs as part of a green burial service. So, right. the memorial balls, which cost, which yeah, cost about balls. the same as a standard funeral, are designed to combine a cremation urn, ash scattering, and a burial at sea into one meaningful permanent environment tribute to life. Dead bodies are being used mm. to create new coral reefs. Oh. Cremated human remains are mixed with concrete and sank in the ocean to encourage new ecosystems for sea creatures. Oh, oh right. I thought you were just going to chuck the bloody... Chuck dead bodies down yeah. there and just go like, grow reef, grow! You yeah. did, you said dead bodies for reefs! <laughs> and I was just, you know, imagining like... You were thinking to start a Jaws 3, weren't you? <laughs> yeah. Skeletons of the sea, dressed in full clothing, just just lying on the seabed, piling up, making coral reeds. <laughs> no, Claire, no, it's your ashes. Memorial balls. The concrete. I am not being turned into a ball. A ball of concrete? No. I don't care if it's a coral reeds. It's a fridge or nothing for me. I so like the sound of this. The memorial ball, right, can include handprints, plaques, personal items, messages from loved ones as they're submerged underwater. US wait, 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 I've sort of... What happens if everybody goes for this and then, like, more survivors in sea levels? It's not for everybody, is it? Hmm? There's always one person that pisses on the chips. But you won't see human <laughs> remains, Claire. They're mixed in with the concrete. No, they're making artificial reefs basically, and they're just yeah. putting a human touch on it and making it nice for people. And just, it could be a new thing, like you can go snorkel and go see Granny. <laughs> 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 can, we go see, can we go see Granny? Yeah, get your scuba yeah. gear on then. Yeah. What a fucking great excuse. Here's a clownfish just made his home in a snatch. <laughs> There's a small body down there, mate. Well, you're just going to, like, bury your nan's snatch. <laughs> I know why it says personal item. Why is your, why is your snatch intact, please? <laughs> what's that fucking... All of us, it grab his snatch. What's, the, snatch? what's the male sex toy cord where it's just a tube that looks like flesh a vagina? A fleshlight. Oh, yeah, we made a fleshlight. I know what a fleshlight out of your nan's. Oh, shit. <laughs> It's a car read now, but when we get some skewing here, are we going to them fuck it? <laughs> what Nan would have wanted. Can we go visit Nanny? Yeah, have you got you got your dildo or Hello. <laughs> have you had a wank today? <laughs> Come down there too long. Oh shit. You don't want the bends. Have you got up with Mike? <laughs> Is that even with your family? <laughs> Every year we visit Grand Snow. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> so since 1998, Eternal Reeves has teamed up with Reef Ball. They have done 2,000, more than 2,000 off the US coast. East coast, sorry. Yeah. They cost about the same as a normal funeral, combines cremation... We've already had that bit, so we said it at the beginning, didn't it? 
Yeah, it's a good idea. Yeah, it's it's going to be flashlight. I'm not sure. It's going to dipl- if too many people go for it, it's going to dip- displace water. Oh, don't be silly. Rise sea level. Don't be yeah. silly. There was a rise anyway. You want to just yeah. go with it? <laughs> Remember, it's not us that's got to deal with it, Claire. It's our kids and their kids. No. Well, it's not actually displacing it if you think about it. Because it's moving it around somewhere else. Well, no, it's like the weight is still there, isn't it? So the weight on the island goes into the water. And then you get the coral reef growing It's as not well, going to make it? the water go up anymore because you've still got the same weight. Do you know <coughs> what I mean? Instead of being on the island, um, yeah. out of the island. It's like if you had two ice cubes on top of each other and they were in water, you'd still displace as much water as if that ice cube then fell into the water. There'd still be the same water displacement. I have You've no You've got to think idea. about it logically. Either way... Don't make your nanny snatch into a fleshlight <laughs> under the sea. That was going to be my uh, final word of the day. <laughs> Cheers, Ben. <laughs> Sorry. Another one. I've been Mike. Thanks for listening. Peace out. May the force be with you. And I've been Claire. Don't donate your body to a company. Oh, I'm yeah. Well, you can to science, but just not a company. I've been Pete. Don't name your fucking pets after bloody... Some nasty criminal organisation. He didn't. Or... He didn't. I yeah. know, but basically did. <laughs> he was undone by current events. Yeah. You know, we like calling your dog Adolf prior to 1933. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't call your dog Putin then. I yeah, someone calling their dog Vladimir. All of a sudden, he's looking like, oh no, I'm shooting Vladimir in the street. <laughs> yeah. Or calling your son Rolf after Rolf Harris. <laughs> or, or all those Jimmy Savile impersonators who suddenly went out of business very quickly. Now then, now then. And, and remember to follow us on Facebook at Cunt the Bull and the Post to the Apocalypse. SoundCloud at Cunt the Bull and the PTA. And at YouTube at Cunt Bull. Give us a like and a subscribe. Bye.